And now, making their way into the arena, hailing from the great pro wrestling state of Massachusetts, they are the hosts of the Top of the Cage podcast. Here are Bill and Juice. And thank you again, Rich Palladino, the voice of New England, always making us sound so good. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is I. I am the super producer. I am Bill, joined always by my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant. He is the future booking genius and the prince of pro wrestling podcasts. He is Justin Juice Cannon. Boom. Boom, baby. So before we um do a little intro for our interview that we had today, I just wanted to bring something up real quick about the uh, Crown Jewel press conference. Uh, not Crown Jewel itself, something that happened in the press conference. As we know, Roman Reigns had a fun match against Logan Paul during the press conference. Um, something happened. Uh, the crowd started doing uh, We Want Sammy Chance. And obviously that was a fun little moment. People are like, oh, love Sammy. But I think it's more, um, it's being overlooked how big of a moment it is. Remember, this press conference was in front of the Saudi crowd. And I know that public opinion is often different from, uh, you know, a government. But the Saudi government, Sammy's not allowed there. And um, the, Saudi, the Saudi government has a problem with the Iran, the Iran people and the Syrian people. And even though a bunch of the public that did this chant probably are, maybe they're not uh, supportive of the government, I'm sure. Maybe some of them are, and they just forgot, and they just, you know, they were just wrestling fans. I, I know it's silly to say something like just, uh, we want Sammy Chance as a big, like, moment that for our people, but I, I think it is. I think it was really cool to see, and I think it, I don't know, it's kind of touching that, wrestling can transcend political issues like that and you just forget what country you're living in you forget your government and what who you're supposed to hate and you just just live in the moment and do something like that it was really touching um i just i i know we usually don't get political and i don't want to get too caught up in this or drag it out i just really wanted to say it on the podcast at least once and bring it up because i think it's important and um yeah, I think it needed attention. I just wanted to state that. Nah, I won't drag out anymore. Hell yeah. Well, our guest tonight is the O-Bro, Owen Brody, who I said to him off air juice, man had a little heat with me before. I was not a uh, big Owen Brody fan, and that's just more of the character of Owen Brody, not the actual person behind the character. But he's been growing on me a little bit. We talked a little bit again off air of, of him getting some, some good crowd reactions recently. But he is a man who has been in this game for quite a long time. Um, you'll hear it in the interview. I asked him when he gets started. So if you're like me and have been trying to find online when Owens Brody's first match was, you also might not know what name he was under, which also was kind of a funny story, too. Um, and we will not hold you back from this interview with Owen any longer. So ladies and gentlemen, the O bro, Owen Brody.
Hello, everybody. I am Juice of Top of the Gauge Podcast, joined by my loyal co-host and partner in crime, tag team partner, Big Moves Bill. And we have a special guest with us tonight. Interview the Obro himself, Owen Brody. Yeah, he just pointed to himself. Wait for you. Uh, how you doing, man? How you doing tonight? How was your day? Uh, my day is pretty good. You know, I'm doing all right. A little under the weather. I'm coming off of uh, being sick. I was sick going into uh, wrestling this weekend. So I was like, I kept, you know, taking tests because that's what we do now. And uh, negative, 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 negative. So I'm like, all right, that's good. But then I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta go wrestle and run around a ring and try to breathe. And uh, it worked out okay. I didn't die. <laughs> That's always good to hear. So uh, it was, was it Let's Wrestle you were at? It was, it was Let's Wrestle. Um, we were way up in Brewer, Maine at an indoor yard sale, which is uh, always an interesting venue. And it was me and B.A. Tatum the syndicate against uh, Mortar and Adam Booker. A lot of fun. So Let's Wrestle is, um, I definitely know the promotion, but I've actually never been to a show, and I actually haven't even got to, like, seen, well, I've seen a couple matches on YouTube and such, but really I haven't seen, like, a whole show either online or in person. I don't think they stream or anything. But um, what can you say about that promotion? What separates it from others? Let's Wrestle was my home for a long time before the pandemic. Um, we had a lot of fun. That, that's pretty much where we were able to do the whole syndicate thing. So me and Murdoch and B.A. Tatum. Uh, it's funny because we were talking with Mortar, uh, you know, at the show. And Mortar was like, wow, you guys are like actually real friends. Like, he, you know, it's not like just a gimmick. And, and you know, we've always been been really close um and let's wrestle gave us the ability to to team together and, and have a lot of fun i've had some of my most favorite matches up there um we used to run the um american legion in orono and that building was awesome the fans there were awesome um but it was basically let's wrestle if you're not if you're not super familiar is like the uh sister promotion to limitless wrestling so like if randy wants to get like a good look at you you go to let's wrestle and you kind of work your way up to being on limitless. Um, I was kind of a weird me and BA both were kind of a, an anomaly in that case where we had worked limitless like previously. And then when let's wrestle came around, you know, we worked a lot of kind of the newer guys that were coming up and cause we could take care of the kids and, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun, but yeah, we, we had a blast. We had a really good feud with, um, MSP, like the, all the trio of the main state posse before they, uh, they dropped the, they just went with the initials, I guess. Now, uh, we had a street fight with them. That's on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen that one, but that's worth checking out. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. We've actually interviewed MSP before. Um, they were yeah, they're great. both a, uh, Aiden and, uh, Oh God, why am I danger kid? Thank you. Danger, danger kid. kid. Yeah. I don't know why. Like such a unique name. We literally praise them for having such great names, but, but both of those guys are great. Actually, I think I do remember that match when we were like, just like watching film for them. Um, that like, when you said that something just rang in my ear that that was familiar, but, uh, nonetheless, I'm sure that was a great match. Everybody involved. They're all great talents. Uh, love watching everybody there. 
Uh, and we did mention the syndicate a little bit before. Uh, of course, like you said, you know, Let's Wrestle gave you guys the ability to kind of grow the group itself. But how did the faction itself start out? Uh, so it basically, we essentially formed in in Let's Wrestle, but it was basically the name of it was uh, Murdoch's name. He had, he had said that he always wanted to have a group called the Syndicate. Um, so that was kind of our goal was to be that group. Um, and, and technically we actually started in like this really small company called PWS, which I cannot remember what the S stands for now. It wasn't pro wrestling syndicate because that was like a different thing, but, um, we started in PWS and that was kind of like an outlaw kind of group i guess we were just trying like basically this guy came to me and said i want to start this wrestling company i want to build it all around you and i'm like okay well that's bullshit i know that <laughs> and so then like i went to a show and it he really didn't run things so like murdoch ended up running things and i was helping him and then we we said hey you know let's let's build this group together and and so the built the group kind of formatted like we we uh formate formated is that a word we formed there <laughs> and then uh let's wrestle is when we really got got our run we kind of uh we came in hot and heavy right there with the three of us had some trios matches made some fun rumble uh appearances murdoch is uh a good rumble guy because he's big so there's always fun stuff we can do with him in rumbles uh but yeah that that's really where you know the syndicate we got our our, our feet wet as a group and and that's kind of we, we looked forward every month going up there to, to not only just wrestle, but like hang out too. You know, we get to have a lot of fun, a lot of good road stories for those days. Is there any that you're willing to share with us right now? One of the better ones? <laughs> uh, I mean, so we went, um, let's see. Okay. So there's a fun one uh, involving Masha Slamovich. The first, one of the first times that she went up there, she rode up with us. Um, she had found us on, facebook i believe it's either facebook or twitter and messaged us and said hey you know can you can you guys pick me up because I, I, my my profile said i was from jersey but i'm not really from jersey so she thought that i would be like kind of near her and i'm like no i'm in like the sticks of vermont bro like i'm not gonna make that uh, but ba tatum was gonna actually be able to pick her up so he picked her up we all went to the show and afterwards our tradition is we go to buffalo wild wings and <laughs> I said to her, I said, don't, don't speak any English, only speak Russian. So the waitress like asked us, you know, what we wanted and we were super rude. We made the guys go first, you know, so that we finally got to Masha and she could try to do it in Russian. And then she was just pointing to stuff and messing with the waitress. It was so funny. And we, um, I don't remember if it was that time or before that where we had gotten, this is the one waitress that we always look for up there because she always gives us a really good deal on ice cream, I'll say. So I remember Masha was like pointing to like the ice cream and stuff. And she was pointing to her like, that's me, you know? And uh, that led to either, either BA said something or the waitress said something where they thought it was her birthday. So we're like, yeah, yeah, just don't sing to her. She doesn't like that. <laughs> But that's, uh, that's, let's see, that was a fun one. Uh, I mean, we just were hilarious. It's, uh, but a lot of times, a lot of times the really funny stuff, when you tell it back, you're like, ah, you had to be there. But we had some good times. I, I can't go too far into some of the crazy stuff, but you know. 
<laughs> Not without Murdoch and BA here. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I definitely have my fair share of stories that are like that too. But it's awesome to see that though. Because uh, like you were saying that uh, Mortar had mentioned to you at that back of the show that um, you know, it's very interesting that, you know, although I feel like with a lot of uh, like the tag teams you see around here, they're definitely friends outside of the wrestling ring. But it's really cool to see that. Uh, I know there was a post I saw recently of you guys posted up somewhere. Um, so that's that's really cool to see. Oh, yeah, that was probably uh, probably from Scream Fest. That's what it was. Yep. That's yeah, what and it was. I put I put the friends font in there and wrote syndicate yep. with like the yep. little dots. Yeah, yep. that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Most of what we do is like inside jokes with us, too. So it, you know, it pops me, but it's funny. <laughs> We've talked about the syndicate multiple times already. Faction three, you're in uh, trios matches or six man tag matches. Six man tag matches and factions nowadays, well, always, but especially right now, is um very popular and a staple for so many companies. Why do you think that is? Why do you think just factions and just trios are just so popular even more than tag teams or individuals. I mean, me personally, like with the syndicate, um, I think trios matches work great for us um, for a couple of reasons. One, it allowed us to kind of do some fun character work, you know, because we have two people on the outside. We have to come up with creative spots. And it also helped out too because like a guy like Murdoch doesn't have as much experience as like me and B.A. Tatum. He's he's pretty inexperienced compared to us for sure. So it was good to be able to have a match where as a as a trio, we can have Murdoch do big things and he looks like he's doing a lot, but he's not doing a lot because he's coming in and, and doing something. And we can kind of post that up and, and get him in the right position. It's It's easy. Um, I think trios matches are exciting as well, especially if you get, you know, six guys that are really, really good. You can have an exciting trios match. Um, it's a good match to just kind of, it's forgivable for the ref to like lose control and things kind of go awry because the ref has to keep track of six people. So it's, it can be that exciting moving. Everybody's kind of around and there's a big car crash kind of thing happening. But then on the flip side of it, it's good to be able to tell a story you can really like we actually used the formation of the syndicate so we did actually have four members originally but when we brought ba in we used the six-man match to do it uh because it was the only way it would have ever worked um and that was uh like i if you if you want to hear the whole thing i can i can tell you <laughs> we got time all right so we did this uh we did this thing i'm very I'm very much into detail when it comes to stories, right? So it was me, Murdoch, and this guy Gene was in our group originally. So Murdoch and Gene, I think, had done a tag match. And I run out and oh no, actually, I take that back. I did a match. Afterwards, Murdoch jumped in. We're beating down the kid. Boom, 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 boom. Second guy comes in to make the save, gets over on us a little bit but we start getting back over on him. Gene comes out and now it's three on two. We're beating him up, beating him up. Well, then BA comes out and we all bail out of the ring because BA is a big dude. And, you know, we, we cut this promo. We say, okay, you know, next show, we're going to have a match. And we get to the six man match. So it's me, Gene Murdoch, and we're going against Flash Nick McKenna, Blade Bandit, and BA Tatum. And anytime. I made it a point that I was never in the ring when someone was standing. 
I was only tagged in when someone was down and I would kick them and kick them and kick them. And when they worked up to their feet, I tagged out. So then that way, you know, it kind of makes me look shitty, right? Like I'm just not, I'm a coward in that case. But anytime B.A. Tatum got tagged in, we would all bail out of the ring. So then what would happen is the other person. So like, as an example, if Blade Bandit tagged B.A., B.A. gets in the ring, we bail out. We're not coming in. The ref's trying to count us. We're having one slide in, slide back out. Well, Flash Nick McKenna goes, I'm sick of this, and tags B.A. Tatum, and then comes in the ring. Well, then we start over. You know, now we're, now we're willing to fight. So the whole buildup of the whole match was Blade Bandit finally getting over on me, and I can't make the tag, can't make the tag. Well, then B.A. finally gets the tag, and I'm in the ring. There's no one else around for me to tag, and I'm just looking at him. And I'm like shaking in my boots. I drop to my knees. I put my hands up and I go, no, 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 no. And the crowd is, the crowd is so loud that I literally looked at BA and I said, dude, this is fucking awesome. Just like that with that amount of volume. And I was like, this is cool. So BA's loading up his fist and then he just turns around and punches the two guys that were, that he teamed with and then joins us because I always hated when people would join another group after they, fought those those guys you know like Mm -hmm. big swerve the guys i just fought now i'm gonna join them it's like no like do it like that where we're like oh we're scared of him but then the big swerve is i'm not he's gonna mess up those other guys we're just dragging out the inevitable that's like actually among the more unique ways i've heard it like i know we've seen it in the past like cody rhodes beating himself for a tag team championship before but like that is that's really cool actually i feel like that would have been a cool like trios match to have uh to at least have witnessed as a crowd especially if the crowd was hot for it too oh the crowd was so hot for it they they hated us there it but it was it was like it was good heat you know like like after the show they'd be like oh you guys were awesome you know but they gave us like good heat in that building it was so much fun i loved that time so uh i know you actually mentioned um your partners are great rumble guys, but you yourself are actually a great rumble guy too. Uh, recently the winner of the APW Clipper city rumble. How did it yes. feel winning that? It felt pretty good. You know, um, it was, it was cool. Uh, I made the joke to the other guys of the syndicate and I said, yeah, no one was there when I won the big one guys. No one was there. Uh, so, you know, just kind of giving them some shit for not going to the show, which is, I mean, they live far away, so it's fine. But the uh, the rumble itself, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, so like a personal kind of thing for me um, that I didn't get to do in this rumble, like winning it was obviously great. Like, don't get me wrong. But I, I've always wanted to be like that Iron Man guy who's in there for like 35, 40 minutes, just like trying to trying to win and like either gets it or doesn't get it at the end, you know? But I just always wanted to like have a rumble where I put a lot of time in. Um, and this one, I think I came in at like number 22, I think. So I was in there for a good amount of time, but not, uh, not the Iron Man that I want to be someday. Were, were either of you guys at the show? We were, we were both, both at the show. Oh, yeah. fantastic. That's awesome. Did you guys enjoy the Rumble as a whole? Yeah, no, the, oh, the whole show was great. And the Rumble was really fun. Um, we didn't really... I'll be honest. I didn't really see you winning. Um, I I knew you were gonna make it pretty far, but he, he lost earlier in the night. So like, I didn't see you like 
I don't know. I thought maybe like, oh, he's tired. He had a match. He's going to lose. He's going to be make the final four or five and get eliminated. Like, I thought you'd be in the final four, but then I yeah. did not see you come winning. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> hey, was a you good know, surprise. I, I, I saw uh, I saw a little video on on Facebook and uh, Monty was all mad of how I won, you know, and uh, said I took a shortcut or whatever. <laughs> Who knows? That's that's in the eye of the beholder, I guess. But, you know, and Monty, if you're listening to this, like when it comes down to it, it's it's all a matter of you do what you got to do to win. And I was well within the rules. There's nothing that, that says that I can't, you know, mule kick a guy. And he's got me choked. He's choking me out around the uh, on the ring apron. And it's like, OK, everything's fading. I got one choice I can or two choices, really. I can like give in to what my body's doing and pass out and, and probably fall off the apron. Or I can just take that last ditch effort, lift my leg and hope it lands. And then he goes and I win. So that's what I had to do. But it was a, it was a good experience for him as well. Being a, a newer guy into the scene. Yeah. The crowd was really getting behind him the whole entire show too. Like it felt like the whole second half, like he was one of the big MVPs of it. Yeah, I mean they they do like him a lot, but I mean it, you know, the crowd can can love you all day, but it's it's if you can make it happen and win at the end of the day is what what really really matters. And Monty will learn that soon. I mean he's he's new to the game, he's coming up, you know, and and he will uh, he will get there. I have faith in him. He's a good talent. I mean, do you think he holds a grudge? Do you think he's gonna be coming for you? Before oh, he already issued. He already issued the challenge. I've just been so busy that I haven't gotten a chance to respond. You know, I'm doing things like this with you guys and wrestling other shows, and you know, so uh, you know, I'll I'll respond and I'll see him on the uh, 19th of this month. We'll be there. Are you guys going to be there on the 19th? I unfortunately will not be in the state on the 19th, but I'll that's be there in okay. spirit. That's for sure. All right, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. I'm I'm gonna try to go. I think I, I think I can make it, but we'll see. Yeah. But I mean, he issued the challenge. I mean, and, and I'm going to be there. So we'll see what happens. So uh, Juice alluded to it earlier, too, that you had wrestled a little bit earlier in the night before that. By the way, you still owe us a drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's Scotty Slade. <laughs> but what's it like wrestling two matches in one night, especially when the second match is a rumble? Um, When the second match is a rumble, it's a little... So it's it's easier in a couple different ways, right? So if I'm because a few months ago I wrestled twice in one night for APW, they did a tournament for the um, New England Championship. So that was a little bit different because you you have a match, and then you're coming off of that match, and while you're coming off of that match, you want to watch the other guy's match, or before your match, you want to watch the other guy's match, so that you kind of know what to expect, you know. And and if if there's you know, if uh, they have damage from that first match, like their legs worn down or their arms worn down, like you want to know that, right? Going into the match with them. So you got to pay attention. While with a rumble, it's more of like a mental preparation. So I get done with Scotty Slade. I lost like, okay, I have a few minutes. I need to regroup. I need to go get some fresh air. I need to scream at the stars for a minute. And then now I have to mentally prepare to, just be on the defensive and know that there's potentially 10, 15 other guys around me, whoever, you know, however many there could be when I get in and my number and uh, 
you know, knowing that I'm just going to have to be super sharp. So I can't let the loss like carry on into that because if it does, then that's going to affect my rumble performance. I'm not going to be as sharp as I need to be. And, you know, I have a strategy in, in rumbles and it works okay. Most of the time it worked really well that night. So, you know, making sure that that strategy is sound and I'm, I'm tuned into it and I'm not going to, uh, to falter from that and, and let my emotions from the loss earlier take control. If you notice when Scotty Slade came in there, I, I didn't go crazy after him because that's how bad things happen. Whenever you see that anywhere else, I've learned. You see the guy going after the guy who beat him earlier in the night and who ends up on the floor first, you know? I think that's a really good point, actually. Because uh, that's like actually, like just to to take it outside, like that's that's like a very common spot, I feel like, with Rumbles. Like I feel like I specifically remember like a Kevin Owens, Dean Ambrose before like wrestle or before Royal Rumble like 2017 or 2018 where like they literally just beat each other up the second they both got in the ring and they both just got like thrown out relatively quickly but very good point kayfabe wise like very good point you know you don't want to do that you've learned wily veteran move right there that's for sure that's right and if you don't mind me asking actually I, I I've been trying to look it up and I can't find the like the exact date of when you started wrestling I, I wanted to know how long you're in the industry for so I make the joke all the time that I've, I mean, I've been around forever, but no one, like, I must not be that good because no one remembers me. Um, so I started, I started training in 2004, it was mid 2004 when I started training. Um, and it was like, I was kind of in and out at first a little bit, um, you know, life happened. Uh, but I would say like consistently I've been wrestling since 2000 eight and nine ish when I probably started getting real consistent, but I had a terrible name when I first started. So that's why no one knows me. Cause I, I had a terrible name and I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to get booked. Right. So I just kind of got like brought along to shows with other people and they were like, yeah, come on. And like, I live further away from like the wrestling hotbed of new England than everybody else. So it's just me driving to most of these shows, you know, most of the way. So I'd get like, you know, dragged to shows like, hey, just come come to this one. You know, I'd help out. And then they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, we need this this uh, guy called off. We need somebody to, you know, do a job or whatever. And there I go. Uh, but I had this awful name, which we uh, will not repeat on the show. <laughs> we, we can if you want, but um, it was terrible. And when I, um, real life, like I said, happened, um, my now wife got pregnant with my now 10-year-old kid. <laughs> <laughs> and so I moved to Maine to be with her. So I was out of wrestling for seven or eight months. And then Murdoch, my uh, buddy from the syndicate was like, Hey, come to this show. This guy trains people. So he introduced me to Larry Huntley. I don't know if you're familiar with Larry Huntley at all. He introduced me to Larry Huntley and Larry Huntley was like, yeah, you know, I, I do some training like before shows come to this show, blah, blah, blah. So I go to the show. I do couple things in the ring and he's like oh, okay you bring your gear i'm like yeah he's like all right he's like you're wrestling me what's your wrestling name and i'm like ah, i don't want that old name i gotta come up with something so during the whole pregnancy thing right we did one of those cheesy like at home gender tests and it said it was gonna be a boy so we were like cool we're throwing boy names around i'm like man owen brody would be such a cool like first and middle name that would be awesome and then we found out we were having a girl and i was like all right like that's cool too 
But like, you know, Owen Brody, whatever, that would have been awesome. And so when he said, what's your wrestling name? I was like, brother, I'm the old bro Owen Brody. <laughs> and that was it. That was it. So that was uh, 2011. So I've been Owen Brody for like 11 years, pretty much. What was the bad name? You know, we're gonna ask <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny, right? Because me and my, I have a younger brother. He's a couple years younger than me. And we've always been like uber competitive about the stupidest shit, right? And I think that's kind of true with most siblings. So his screen name on like every video game system known to man was always Cody Blaze, which like is cool for like a video game guy. Well, they pull me in the office and they're like, hey, we got an idea for a name for you. Uh, we're going to bring you in. Um, what about... Oh man, it's gotta be something blaze. Cause like you got your fast, like, yeah, blaze, like something. And then I'm like, oh, my brother's screen name is Cody blaze. And they're like, yeah, Cody blaze. I'm like, I can't be Cody blaze. <laughs> so I was like, I was Cody blaze for like 45 seconds. And then uh, Maverick wild said, uh, actually I've always been partial to the name Cameron. So it was Cameron blaze, which got even worse to be honest. But uh, yeah, that was that was the name, and I wasn't going to be saddled with that one any longer. So I, I guess this can be like a lesson to the younger wrestlers out there. So what would you say to somebody that is like in a gimmick right now or has a name right now that they might not like and like just kind of what you can do as a wrestler to rebuild yourself? So yeah, I mean, it, like that was a different time too because the promotion that I was working for was based out of the school that I was at at the time. So they were they were like, we're going to bring you in as this. So I didn't get to really pick my gimmick. So if there's anybody out there who didn't get to pick their gimmick, make like the best advice I can give you is make the most out of it. Because even the guys on like TV that have shitty gimmicks, like you can tell when they're, when they don't like the gimmick, because it doesn't last and neither do they, they end up, you know, getting canned essentially. Right. So I would say like, if you have a gimmick that you don't like, Make the most out of it and try to pull pieces from it that you can translate into something that you do like. So if you are a heel and you don't like your heel persona, you know, get out there, get with the crowd. If the crowd starts to get behind you and they have the option to turn you babyface, you've done a lot of work at that point, right? So you've done a lot of work to get that crowd to kind of like you and and start to turn that way and that your opponent has helped with that too and the people around you have helped with that too so now you have a little bit of wiggle room when you make that transition from heel to baby face right so you want to still be that character but now you can take the things that you like and turn it into a baby face way and maybe you know manipulate that character to something you like enjoy a little bit more enjoy a little bit more doing that character so that's the best thing I, I would say. I mean, I honestly, I don't run into, I, I can't think of anybody who's been, um, you know, quote unquote, saddled with a gimmick that's like, okay, you're, you're this person. Um, I have had people who are like, I've had people in the past who want to do a certain gimmick. So they'll go to like a uh, show where they've either A, never been, or B, it's, you know, they've, They've been, but it's far enough away from their home promotion to where they can kind of be a little loosey-goosey and try new things. And they've done completely different gimmicks, which is fun. Um, like Mortar, for example, um, I would say I've seen Mortar do a lot of different gimmicks just to kind of try things out um, and just have fun. 
And I think some of that stuff has translated into what he does as far as his move set, but because he's mortar, now everything's more intense. So the stuff that he would do in other characters, you know, would be a little bit more, I don't want to say happy go lucky, but like a little bit more high energy. While with now it's like it's the same movement, but it's like more intense and it's more purposeful, if that if that uh, makes sense. Yeah, actually, I think that's like I I think that's really insightful. I mean, I myself am not a wrestler and probably will never end up being a wrestler, but um, I think that that sounds like absolutely great sound advice. Um, you know, like it, it seems like the world of wrestling today, like if it if it doesn't work, like it seems like there always is like an option B. But kind of like what you said, like there are so many guys on TV right now. Like I can think of at least like three or four guys right now where it's just like great wrestler, kind of crappy gimmick. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it seems like, like I, I can think of one, like, kind of like a Chad Gable, for instance, when he got, like, booked with Shorty G. Like, that that sucked, honestly. Shorty G yep, sucked. It, but, yep, that's a perfect example. But now he's back to being Chad Gable at the Alpha Academy, and, you know, they're they're killing it right now. You know, like, I, I think they're definitely two of the best in WWE right now, him and Otis. So, um, you know, I think, and even just kind of like what you were saying, too, it's a testament to all the young wrestlers out there that, uh, you know, kind of don't be afraid to change yourself. I feel like that's just a testament to life, too. Something's not going yeah. right. Don't be afraid to try something different. Exactly. And always listen to the people around you too, because I know like I'll watch a match and I'll say like, Oh, I, I would, I would want you to do this a little differently and just give them that little, little push to like, just try that next time. And some people go, Hey, you know, and they don't, they don't listen or this it's too far out of their comfort zone, but then there's times where they've tried it and it's like, Hey, look at that. Owen Brody knows a thing or two about a thing or two and it works out. So would you say that, like, since you are somebody that's well over 10 years uh, of, of wrestling experience at this point, that, um, like, you have people either coming to you or or you find yourself giving out advice to younger wrestlers out there? Yeah, I mean, it's – when I see the guys like like Monty, right, and, like, Kid V and, like, Johnny Pierce, you know, that generation of of people that are just coming in, I think of like, I, I go back to myself where it was like really tough for me to go to someone that I didn't know or people that I thought was like, oh, they're way better than me. They're not going to, they're not going to want to like talk to me or watch my match. I was very reserved, you know? And so I try not to like let people be reserved because when I started to ask questions more and started to like say, hey, can you watch my match? I started learning a lot more and things were getting a lot better. Uh, but it took time because I didn't seek it out like I should have. So I kind of think of that and I go, you know, to like a Johnny Pierce and I go, hey, man, like, like call your match to me. Like, tell me what you're going to do. Like, what do you what do you guys got planned so far? And, you know, he'll talk to me about it and, you know, or, you know, same with Kid V. And now it's at the point where, they'll 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 grab me and they'll go hey like this is what we're thinking of doing this or like now like in some locker rooms i'm the guy where they're like okay you know we want we want to do this how do we get there and then i can kind of put the pieces together to to help them get to where they want to be you know or they'll be telling me their finish or telling me something and i'll say hey what if we try this and i completely change it on them i have some people who will literally uh, they'll know because I'll overhear them calling the match and I'll go over and be like, Hey man. And then they'll just be like, Oh no, he's going to change it. He's going to want to change it. But then, you know, I'll just say respectfully, like try this. And if you don't want to, that's okay. 
but then if they say they're going to do it, like, then I make it a point to watch the match and let them know, like, hey, that looked good. Or like, hey, the crowd reacted really well to that. Or, hey, my idea was shit. So, you know, they know that uh, it's not just me giving out ideas and not following up with them. All right, uh, Owen. Well, with the last few minutes of our show here, we have uh, one final question that we always ask our guests. And uh, it's a pretty generic one. You know, we'll, we'll be honest. Uh, it's, it's one that I'm sure you've probably been asked quite a few times in your life. But uh, we like to ask our guests what their dream matches of all time. It can be any wrestler from any era, dead or alive, any match stipulation you want to. It's your dream match. You uh, choose the place, the time, and what it is, and we'd love to hear it. So me versus anybody in the entire world, dead or alive. Dead or alive. Any type of match to any place, you name it. Man, I would, I would honestly this may be kind of boring, but I would just want a singles match against Bret Hart and just do like a 30 minute technical classic. Like it would just be, I would learn so much. It would be so much fun, I think. And Bret Hart's always been one that, uh, that I've looked up to and, and uh, yeah, that, that would definitely be it for sure. That's not boring. If you said Shawn Michaels, <laughs> it would have been boring. <laughs> we get 9,000 Shawn Michaels. As I'm much sure. As so I don't, I, I think that's only probably, uh, I think one other person might have said Bret Hart, but you didn't say Shawn Michaels. So that's a fine answer. <laughs> yeah. And a big technical match with Bret Hart is just, he's so good, you know, like he's just so good. And I just would love to be in there with him. Yeah. Uh, opinions on him as a person. You can't deny that he's one of the best in the ring. Now there's a part two to this that you qualified someone that, is active someone that's not retired a current wrestler and same rules uh well no rules really any place time stipulation whatever you want to say hmm so a current roster member and they can be an indie person you haven't teamed up with or uh, uh messed up with either oh, okay okay um man yeah that's that's tough because there's a, there's a lot of them that's what's tough about it like i think it would be you know, I think it would be a lot of fun to go, like, to have a match with a guy like Cesaro, you know, Claudio Casagnoli. Like, I think that would be a lot of fun. Chad Gable's another one that I think would just be a lot of fun, too, that I think, like, it would be cool to be, like, to have a match with him on TV. Like, that would just be awesome, I think. Yeah, I mean, Seth Rollins would be another one that would be incredible to work with. Yeah, there's not, it's not as easy as like the, the, you know, dead or alive, non-active, like that's easy. It's either Bret Hart or Macho Man Randy Savage, but like Bret, I just feel like would have a, yeah, I'd have a much more fun match with him. Um, But yeah, current, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of them. I think Seth Rollins though would probably be like Seth Rollins. And again, just a straight up, like just big 30 minute epic battle would be a lot of fun. I agree. I think any of those people you named actually all would be fun matches. I'm very yeah. surprised we don't get a lot more uh, Claudio than. Uh, oh, really? Huh. Yeah, we, we've gotten. No Seth one's a ever said times. Seth either. Really? No, we really got we really Seth before. No, we I, I don't think any, maybe like when I didn't think as maybe as a list, but I don't think like anyone's like said it like. I think they're like brainstorming in their head. Yeah. Like, usually when they like finalize on one, it's never Seth. And I don't. I I honestly can't remember anyone's even using it on the list. 
I know Chad Gable and Cesaro definitely do. Yeah, Cesaro would definitely be a lot of fun. Because I think about like how strong he is and like the different things you can kind of get into with with his strength and counters that he could use. And like it would just be a good time. I completely agree with that. Well, uh, I know we said with the last few minutes here, but uh, now we are officially in the last few minutes here. And uh, with the last few minutes, we like to let the guests plug and promote anything they have going on, be it, uh, you know, appearances coming up, social media, merchandise, anything like that. So uh, with that, Owen, the floor is yours. All right. Well, first, you guys can find me on Twitter at the Owen Brody. Um, I do have an Instagram, too, which is the madness of Obro. Um, I don't use that as much as I should. I am wrestling APW on the 19th of this month, the 26th of this month. I'm wrestling for North Atlantic Wrestling Association. I just saw the poster and there's like, it's a benefit for something. There's some sort of, uh, it might be Toys for Tots. I can't remember now. It's, it's drawing a blank, but be on the lookout for that because that's like a benefit kind of show, which I like doing a lot of those. Yeah, merch and stuff. Like I had a couple online stores and then I've kind of just like gone away from that. Um, I make my own t-shirts, which is kind of a pain in the ass sometimes. So I probably will go back to the online stores. Um, but if you see me at a show and you buy a shirt from me, I made it here in this very room that I'm in. Um, so yeah. And then uh, December 3rd, I will be in ETWA, which is way up north in Vermont. They're a lot of fun. Look them up on YouTube. They're a lot of fun. And if you guys want, this is, it's funny because I've had, I've done some of uh, some of these podcasts and, and it usually gets brought up. So I'm going to bring it up this time just because it's so fun and so stupid. Um, way back in the pandemic, like literally where they were like, you can only have eight people in a room at once, man. Like any more than that. And you're against your you know, police are going to shut you down. Uh, way back in that time, we did a little thing called damn that's wrestling. And it's on YouTube. It's like, it takes about two hours to go through the whole thing. But it's me, B.A. Tatum, Murdoch, and Blade Bandit. And we all play different characters. I think we each play like three or four different characters with no acknowledgement that I am this person and that person. So it's just over the top, cheesy fun. I wrote and, and recorded the whole thing. Um, everything that you see on there too, editing, filming, commentary all of it was done with an iphone and an ipad other than the headset that i used for for commentary which was literally just like a gaming headset it worked out great uh but yeah that's a lot of fun if you want to just check out something that's so stupid and cheesy and over the top uh but the stories are pretty good the storylines are good wrestling matches not so much because we were there for like 14 hours <laughs> so you could tell where where we filmed some of the later matches because they're not that good but that one's a lot of fun so check that out guys We'll we'll have to uh, check it out and have you on again to make sure we can definitely get to that. That's right. All right, Owen. Well, we want to again say thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was an absolute pleasure and uh, hope you have a good night. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, welcome back, guys. It's just Juice and Bill back at it again. Just a dynamic duo, no obro to close out, but we had a fun time talking to him. Uh, great wrestler, one of the best heels in New England, in my opinion. He's growing on Bill, but I've always been in the corner of the obro. We had a fun time talking to him. Learned a lot. I didn't realize that he wasn't always the obro. I didn't realize Cody Blaze existed. 
What a name. <laughs> Technically not even his name, too. But that was a good one. Yeah, Cameron Blaze. Cameron Blaze, yes. Cameron Blaze. Yeah, it, it sounds like the syndicate are also good friends outside of the ring, too. And you can see it on their social media posts and stuff, too. And I love that. I love me some good tag team wrestling, good trios wrestling, and, and love hearing of tag team people and just people in wrestling loving each other. I think we started the show that way, that everybody in wrestling should just have love for one another and just love wrestling. And Owen Brody is a defining part of that sentiment. I mean, as we said, he's been around for a very long time and he's talked about giving it back to the kids, you know, having advice, watching matches, giving feedback. And I think that's all wrestling is really about, you know, uh, making sure the next generation, the people after you are as best as they can be. So I uh, definitely want to thank Owen for his time. And we didn't mention it during this the uh, podcast itself, but make sure you're checking the man out on Twitch. He's really funny. And we didn't ask if he's a good gamer or not, but I would assume he probably is. Yeah, I hope he is if he's twitching, uh, if he's streaming himself. I mean, I suck at video games, so that's a big reason why I don't have a Twitch, because I'm just terrible. <laughs> but uh, yeah. When I did yeah. my little stint of streaming, I was, um, I marketed myself as not very good, so... <laughs> That's fair. That's fault. I wouldn't even stream myself. I don't want to see people. Uh, it's it's far enough that my friends have to see how bad I am at video games. I don't need more people to see it. Um, yeah, but definitely check that out. Check out his matches on YouTube. Go to APW show uh, when he's at Limitless. Limitless is on IWTV. Even if you're not in New England, you can watch it. Let's wrestle. I don't know if Let's wrestle streams, but um, I don't think it does. But if it does, and I'm wrong, watch that. Definitely look into it in a future episode, and I'll say if it does stream. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. Yeah, Owen Brody. He's the man. Look him up. Follow him. Agreed. And, of course, we are interacting with him and many other wrestlers in the world of social media every day of the week. And, Juice, where can the people find us on social media? On the Twitter. Capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore, capital P, lowercase o. Or KSD, and no, we're not paying that money for that check mark. Uh, Instagram T O T C underscore P O D O lowercase. Yes, and as we come crashing down to the map on this episode of Top of the Cage, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in. And if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify and you do not leave us a five star review, that means that a you specifically you that person not leaving us that five-star review will not get five-star content and that is just a fact fact and again thank you all so much for tuning in and we will catch you next time